need to clap for me when I get up here. I've, I've uh, thank you for that song. I sure appreciate it, and and uh, I'm I'm glad to be here again. I think it was 2012. I was here before. I just remember they were saying that the building over here had termites, and so it looks like you took care of that termite problem, and uh, just built a whole new building. But uh, Anyway, take your Bibles and open to Second uh, Kings chapter 2, and if you're able to stand, stand with us and let's all read together. Do you read responsibly here? Okay. And we'll read verses 1 through 11. I'll read verse 1, you join me on verse 2 and down through verse 11. Second Kings chapter 2 and verses 1 through 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it, hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And the fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And, of course, he saw it, it says there in verse number 12. Verse uh, 11, I'm sorry, verse 9 is our text verse, the latter part of it. It says, his request was, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And uh, I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, uh, double portion Christians, double portion Christians. Our Father, we do ask that you bless today in the service and do something in our hearts and in our lives. I want to thank you for this church and for the Brother Brown and the stand he's done here and the good work that he's done. I pray that you'll bless him, bless this church. But Lord, now in the next few minutes, would you uh, give me your power as I preach and your people as they listen and do a work among us, please, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The 50 sons of the prophets had the same opportunities that Elijah had, Elisha had. They had the same master. They heard the same messages as they were preaching, just like I'm preaching to you this morning, and everyone's hearing the same message. So they had the same master. They heard the same message that Elisha heard. 
They had the same opportunities that Elisha had. All the 50 sons of the prophets, they all had the same opportunities. But some get it and some don't. It's amazing how you can preach something and someone over here, they're, they're getting it, but maybe someone else in the auditorium, they're just, they're just not getting it. And that's the way it looks to me that the 50 sons of the prophets were uh, appearing like. And why is it that the 50 sons of the prophets had everything going for them, same master, same message, same opportunities, everything, but, you know, they spent their ministry criticizing Elisha. You know, they would say, don't you know your master's going to be taken away from you today? And uh, he said, uh, I know it, hold ye your peace. That's a polite way of saying shut up. And, uh, but he would say, thy master. In other words, you know, like when someone gets mad at the preacher, they say, that preacher down there. You know, they're, dis- they're separating themselves from it. It's not my preacher, it's that preacher. And they're saying, thy master. Don't you know that thy master is going to be taken away from you today? He said, yeah, I know it, hold ye your peace. And uh, the story goes on. But you know... You don't hear anything about the 50 sons of the prophets in the Bible. You don't hear about them doing any miracles. You don't hear about them uh, 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 parting, parting the Jordan River. You don't hear about them raising the dead. But you do, on the other hand, hear Elisha doing some miracles. You know, it just shows me that sometimes God is going to put his hand on some people and use them, but not others. So let me ask you a question. Are you good with that? Are you good with God speaking to someone else in this auditorium and yet not speaking to you? Now, it might be he's speaking, you're not listening. Are you good with uh, other people reading the Bible and then getting something out of it, but you reading it and it's like a closed book to you? Are you good with God using some people and, and not using you? Are you good with that? Are you good with Christians that, that are getting answers to prayer, but not you getting answers to prayer? I'm not good with that. I want to get what everybody else is getting. And uh, if you want more of God in your life, just like uh, the, the theme this month is more growth. If you want more growth, if you want more of God in your life, I can show you how to have it this morning. Where you can have as much of God as you want. You don't have to be left out. You don't have to get just a small portion. You can get a double portion if you want it. If you want more of God in your life, then this can help you. You know, most people settle for second best in a lot of things. You know, if you can't drive a Mercedes and you have to drive a a Chevrolet, that's okay. But other things you don't need to compromise on. If you can't drive a a Ford and you have to drive a Chevrolet, you need to do something a little bit better and make sure you can get a Ford. But in any case, uh, if you're here and you want more of God, don't take second best on certain things, especially in the Christian life. You need to make sure you get the best. And uh, I want to show you today that it's not very difficult either. It's not very, uh, a whole lot of work actually. It's not a whole lot more. It's just a little bit more than what you're doing now. And you can have a double portion. I want you to notice first of all, if you look at verse number 7, that Elisha stayed a little bit closer than all the rest. It says in verse number 7, And the fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they, and they too stood by Jordan. You know, it says here they stood to view afar off. You know, why were they so far away from Elijah? Why weren't they? Why didn't it say the 52 sons of the prophets or the 51 sons of the prophets, the 50 plus Elijah? Why didn't it say all of them followed Elijah as he went along? But it only says they stood to view afar off. That viewing afar off, that means they can see two people walking together. They can see them looking at each other and maybe having a conversation, but they can't hear what they're saying. 
They can't hear Elijah saying, that's what I should be done for you before I be taken away. They can't hear that. They maybe see some, how people talk, moving their hands, you know. They they see that. They know they're having a conversation. They know they're going somewhere. But it's it's, it's not getting the same thing that Elisha's got. And uh, they can see all that. They had the same master. They had the same message, the same opportunities. They went to the same Bible college. They, uh, They heard the same message. They had the same God. But Elisha got a double portion the 50 sons of the prophets didn't. You know, a relationship from afar might be okay in some circumstances. You know, that's where Facebook really helped before Facebook came online, you know. It got people in connection with family members that, that were, they didn't see a lot. You can get on Facebook and you can uh, see pictures and whatnot and FaceTime. You can see those things. But when it comes to a relationship with God, a long-distance relationship's not going to work. It's like taking the fire coals out of the fire and placing it aside. It's not going to stay hot. It's going to cool off. So if you want more of God, all you have to do is stay just a little bit closer. Just a little bit closer. Not a whole lot. You may have to forget about some friends, what they're doing maybe, and, and come to church if they're planning something on Sunday. And you may have to forget about what others are doing and where they're going maybe if you want to do a little bit more. But did you know if, if dating couples was as close to God as they are to each other, they'd be pretty good Christians. If, if, if a sports enthusiast was as, as on fire for God as they are for their sports team, they'd be a pretty good Christian. They'd be a pretty good Christian. If you were as close to God as you are your best friend, you'd be a pretty good Christian. You see, you could be blessed... You could have victory. You can have uh, uh, answers to prayer. And you can have all the things that the Bible talks about and we read about and whatnot. And, and uh, you could have all those things if you just get a little bit closer than you are now. I went to college and at college, you know, I was married when I went and had one child already. And, but at the college, they wouldn't let uh, uh, people that weren't married, they wouldn't let them hold hands or put their arms around each other. And, you know, they just, you know, want to make sure they're appropriate, you know, and, and just keep things right. And, but, you know, when they had the uh, chapel every day and they'd be chapel and, you know, everybody's in there. And before the service all starts, everybody's milling around just like you did when you're uh, shaking hands and you're talking and whatnot and you're doing everything. And, and I noticed, and I'm the kind of guy, I kind of got a... Uh, I, I, I don't know, I stir things up sometimes. Not, not in my preaching necessarily, but, you know, I noticed a couple. They were a dating couple. And they, they were oblivious to where they were at. You know, they're supposed to stay a certain distance apart, you know, but they were just locked eye to eye at each other, staring at each other. And their, 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 their faces were getting closer. You know, they may have been engaged, I don't know, but still they weren't married. But they were getting closer, and, 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 and I saw them. And I said to my wife, she was in chapel, I said, look there, look there. They don't even know what they're doing. They're getting so close to it. They're so enraptured at each other. And I could have went out and pushed them together. He probably gave me 20 bucks. I didn't even think about that. You know, give it 20 bucks, push us together. You know, let me kiss her and stop. I wouldn't get in trouble. But, you know, what I did, I said, watch this. You know, when somebody says, watch this, you know, something's coming, you know. And, and I stood up and I leaned in the pews, about two pews in front of me. And I put my hands over my mouth like this and I hollered as loud as I could. I said, go ahead and kiss her. Boy, you saw them bed straighten up like this, like, who are they talking about? It's not me, you know. And, but, uh, you know, if they wanted to be as close to God as they are to each other, they'd be pretty good Christians. They'd be pretty good Christians. You see, it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. But when you feel like staying home instead of going to church, you've got to get up and come. 
That's what it's about. You just got to make yourself do what you want to do. When other people are skipping church because they just got something else planned, and, you know, if you want more of God, that's not going to take a whole lot more, but you're going to have to just maybe say, well, y'all go ahead, and I'm just going to come on to church. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. See, when you met your mate, you won her because you did a little bit more than all the rest. That's the way it is with God. You just have to do a little bit more than all the rest. Number two, look at verse number six. Not only you have to do a little bit more than the rest, you just have to go a little bit farther than the rest. In verse number six, the Bible says that they too went on. Elisha said unto him, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And uh, he said, and he said, As the Lord liveth and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. So in other words, when Elijah got to one location, he said, Stay here, the Lord hath sent me to, to Jericho. And then when he went to the next location, well, Elisha said, Not so, I'm going with you, I'm sticking by your side. And then when he got the next location, he said, Stay here, the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. He said, I'm going with you. Every location he went on, he didn't stay where Elijah said to stay. He went on with him and he stayed there. They too went on. Why didn't it say the 50 sons of the prophets went along with them? Why were they so far off? Why didn't they go along with them? And if you want more of God, you can't stop at Bethel. And you can't stop at Gilgal. And you can't stop at Jordan. You've got to keep on going all the way. That means when you get saved, you can't stop at just salvation. Baptism's next. If you want more of God in your life, you've got to get baptized. That, that's not for salvation now. Salvation's free. But if you want more of God, you want Him to be real in your life, you can't stop there. You've got to keep on going. You've got to do the next step, which is baptism. The you know, next step after that is that you're going to have to surrender. I think there ought to be a time in everybody's life where they come to the altar, or maybe just like when you got saved and, and you humbled yourself and you said, Okay, God, I trust you as my Savior. I'm a sinner. Save me. There ought to be another time in your life where you come and you take your hand hands off your life. And you're not going to be a preacher or an evangelist or something like that necessarily, but you're saying, God, I surrender myself. I give myself to you. And as you do that, God then can use you and have a little bit more of you. You know, he tells us how he can be real to us in the Bible. Did you know that? I want to show you something. Turn to John 14, if you will. God tells us exactly how he can be real in our lives if you want the Lord to be real in your life. In John chapter 14, if you look down at verse number 21, the Bible says uh, that he, he will show us how he'll be real in our lives. The Bible says, And he hath command, he, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Notice now, you got his commandments. And keeping them, he it is that loveth me and shall be loved of my father. Now watch this. And I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. God says, you got my commandments, and you keep them, and by keeping them, you're showing me you love me. He's not demanding perfection, because we can't have that, but he's saying, if you'll keep my commandments, I'll manifest myself to you. So God can be just as real in your life as you want him to be, if you'll just keep his commandments. You see, you just have to stay a little bit closer than the rest. You just have to go a little bit farther than the rest. And notice some of the prophets, they said, thy master there. Uh, they, they didn't stay that closeness like they had. You know, basic Christianity doesn't cost anything. Basic Christianity, salvation, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, basic Christianity doesn't require any sacrifice. Basic Christianity doesn't require any kind of commitment on your part. Basic Christianity doesn't require even a walk with God. 
You don't have to pray except for the prayer of salvation. And, and, but, but if you want that closeness with God, if you want Him to be real in your life, it requires a little bit more. A little bit more. You have to go a little bit farther than just salvation. And you have to stay a little bit closer than the rest. Remember when Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, took James and John with him? He was up there and he manifested himself to him and to them. And, and uh, Moses and Elijah came down. They were talking. They were talking about his death. And, uh, and then after they came back down, the, 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 the prophets or the uh, disciples said, Lord, uh, uh, this man, uh, we tried to cast the demons out of this man and we couldn't. Why couldn't we? He said, this kind cometh forth not but by prayer and fasting. See, basic Christianity doesn't cost anything. Doesn't require anything. Doesn't command any commitment from you. But if you want a little bit more of God in your life, it does. This kind cometh forth by prayer and fasting. If you want to see lives change, you're going to have to go a little bit farther than the rest. If you want to be, see lives transformed, you're going to have to go a little bit farther. If you want more of God in your life, you're going to have to go a little bit farther than all the rest. And, and you're going to have to do a little bit more. When I, when I got out of high school, I joined the army. And I was in the army just for three years, and it wasn't for me. I just, I, I liked it. I liked it when we were doing something, when we were training or whatnot. But when, when there wasn't any training, though, anybody been in the military before? Raise your hands. Okay. Well, you know what I'm talking about then. They got the, what's called hurry up and wait. They want you to get there two hours prior and then sit down and wait two hours for them to get ready to do something. And I was in basic training. I loved basic training. We was running, and, and, uh, and I didn't like the running part. But anyway, got to shoot your rifles. You know, I liked that. And got the calisthenics. Got to learn hand-to-hand combat and all those things, you know. And, and uh, so I was, I was liking all of that. And then they said, we want to we wanna take you on. Uh, someone wants to talk to you down at the parade field. And so they took all the platoon down to the parade field. And, and they, it, was, it was about joining up with the paratroopers. And uh, they showed us, uh, they talked to us, and they was out there. They was dressed a little bit sharper, you know. They didn't have the little hat. They had a beret on, you know. And, and they, they didn't have their, their pants come down like, like mine are now. They, they, they bloused them. You had jump boots, they called them. They bloused them and whatnot. He looked sharp, you know. And, and they told us all about jumping and, and, and made it look like, you know, this is what you, you really want. And they played a song for us. The song was called Blood on the Risers. Because of what happens if you go out wrong, the static line can get around your neck and, it, you know, that's where the blood comes from, you know. You might lose your head. You never know. But, uh, but I, didn't, I didn't care about that. And, and they said, how many of you wants to be in the paratroopers? Before I knew it, my hand went up like that. And so they sent it off to jump school and went to Fort Benning, Georgia for four weeks. And we had to run and more and run more. And everywhere. Every, if you were outside, you had to be running. You could not be walking. And uh, we, did, we had our jump week, you know, where you went up. And, and they put you in a, a 30-foot tower and it simulated like an airplane. You had to put your hands on the outside of it and jump out and grab your reserve right here and put your feet together and chin on your chest and count 1,000, 4,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. And then you have a jerk of the static line, you know, and that's supposed to simulate that. And then they had the 250-foot tower. I've seen some of them at a, at a fair before where they got the chute already inflated. They carry you up and then they let you down, but they, they keep the cable connected so nothing will happen. Well, this one takes you 250 feet of there and it drops you and you've got to steer it out of the way. And you got to land. So we did that. And then on the, uh, the fourth week, we, we went we had to make uh, uh, five jumps during that week. We made our five jumps, and that made you a paratrooper. And, and then when we got to our permanent duty station, I was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And uh, what we called people that was non-paratroopers, we called them legs. That means they walked everywhere they went, whereas we flew and jumped. And so we would, uh, we would do that. Now, I just did a little bit more than they did is all it is. 
Does it make me a better person? Does it make me any more knowledgeable about anything than they are? It just, I just did a little bit more than all the rest. So if you want more of God in your life, just got to go a little bit farther. Got to do a little bit more. But then number three, look at verse number nine. You have to do a little bit more than all the rest. In verse number nine, I got to get back to Second uh, Kings now, chapter two. I, I'll move my Bible. Second Kings, chapter two, and verse nine. The Bible says here, and uh, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, "Ask what I should do for thee before I be taken away from thee." And Elisha said, "I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me." And he said, "Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so." So he said here, uh, I want a double portion of your spirit. Elisha had a want that the 50 sons of the prophets did not have. Gave him three opportunities to stay right here. No, I'm staying right by his side. I'm going with you. I'm going to Gilgal. Stay here. No, I'm, I'm going with you. He parted the Jordan River. That would have made me say, hey, something's going on here. Let's get with it. He said, I'm sticking by your side. He's the only one that walked across. He said, what can I do for you before I'll be taken away? He said, I want a double portion of what you got. He said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away, it shall be so. See, you don't become a double portion Christian by accident. Some people want to get close to God like you catch a cold. You don't go around to catch a cold on purpose. It just happens. You got too close to someone that was carrying a virus or something. And you get close to God on purpose. Some people, they, they want to do just the bare minimum and not the rest. you got to want it. When I was getting older, I was always like Brother Brown. He's in his 50s now, so I'm always 10 years older than him and 50s now. And so you're going to have to start working out or you're going to get, you know, when you wave, it waves back down here. You know? <laughs> we had a boy in our church. You remember the Park boys? And Brian Park, he was, he was a, uh, maybe a senior, 11th grade and... And I always, when I was in college, I was always a, a good arm wrestler. There's a technique to it. And if you don't know the technique, if you know the technique, you could beat a lot of people. And so when I was, when I was in college, they'd have competitions, and I'd beat people bigger than me. They'd do it by weight class, and I'd beat that class. I went up to the next class, and I'd beat them. And so I, was, I, would, I would arm wrestle sometimes. And, so, and Brian got a hold of this. Come on, preacher, arm wrestle me, arm wrestle me. You know, yeah, teenagers are. And he beat me. I was in my 50s. He beat me. I felt like, man... I'm getting old. I said, I got to start going to the gym. So I started going to the gym, lifting weights, you know, and doing things and, and getting. And, so, and I told Brian, I said, one of these days, I, I want a rematch. He said, okay, come on. Come on. I got you. Come on. He's just being all, we wanted to smack him, you know, just, you know, smack him, you know. And, 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 and I said, well, just give me a little time. I didn't tell him I was going to the gym, but I was doing, doing lifting weights and trying to, you know, get myself ready, you know. And, and, uh, and uh, he, I was taking someone into my office. They wanted to ask me a question one time. And he, he stopped at the door before I was closing it. And he shook his, he reached out to shake my hand. So I shook his hand and he squeezed it trying to intimidate me. He looked me in the eye and said, come on, preacher, come on. You just don't want to smack someone like that, you know. Come on, preacher, come on. I said, no, just, I, I, I got counseling right now. Leave me alone. I decided then, I said, I'm going next, tomorrow, while he's in school, I'm going to arm wrestle him. So we had two portables set up like you've got some portables, and, and I waited till he got into a certain class, and I walked in, I said, I need to see Brian Park. Everybody goes, ooh, you know, preacher's taking you out of class. He said, what, what's wrong, preacher? I said, nothing. I said, come over here, step over here. No, the other portable over here was empty. I said, it's time. He goes, oh, 
okay. So we put our arms in. I said, now, Brian, if, if it, whoever loses can't say a word. If I, I was saying, if I lose, don't you say a word. He said, okay. We got to going. We got up there. And he was strong. I beat him. He was going, no, no. I told everybody after that. <laughs> I'm telling you now. But when he beat me, it made me want to beat him back. I had a drive. I had a desire inside of me to, to work out and to do more and to try to get, get stronger so that I could beat him. And I, I wanted that, just like you want something sometimes in your life. You know, you can be taught how to pray. You can be taught to read your Bible. You can be taught to walk with God. But we can't teach you to want it. That's got to come from within. You got to want it. You know, Peter, we criticize him for taking his eyes off Jesus and he sank, you know, he walked on the water. He still holds the water walking record to this day, though. He wanted it. Why didn't the other 11 disciples get out of the boat? Wow, look at that. He's walking on water. Let me try that. Why did they stay in the boat? Why didn't they get out? Peter squeezed enough power out of one word from Jesus to walk on water. He said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come to thee on the water. He said, come. One word. Walked on water. And he holds a record to this day. You see, if you want more of God, it's going to require a little bit more than the rest. Just like if you want to exercise, it's gonna, you're going to have to discipline yourself a little bit. Go to the gym, work out, maybe uh, 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 not eat certain foods or whatnot. And, but it's going to require something of you. We all struggle with this from day to day being close to God. We want God to speak to us. We want God to stir our spirits. And we want God to do something in our lives. And we want God to be real. But you're going to have to go a little bit farther. You're going to have to do just a little bit more. Basic Christianity doesn't require anything. But this does. You've asked a hard thing. It's going to take a little bit more of you. You're going to have to stick by my side until you, I can be taken away. And if you see me, then it'll be taken away. My grandson, he's, he's into the Rubik's Cube. You know, he can, I would kid him. I'm saying, I'm going to mess it up. You'll never fix again. Five minutes later, no, maybe, no, 60 seconds later, he'll have it fixed. We, so Christmas, we got him a seven-one Rubik's Cube. He would do that. He went to a competition in Canada. He lives in New York. He went to a competition in Canada. And he, he, he didn't win, but he was the fastest new or something like that that uh, did it. But he, he, he would sit at the table and he bought him a little timer and he would hit that timer and he'd start doing it and hit it again and he was trying to get it down to 16 seconds. And he would get 18 seconds. Oh, you're, 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 you're never going to get that. And I'd pick on him, you know. He'd get 16 seconds. I'd mess it up saying, you'll never fix it now. He'd do it again. He had a wand over a Rubik's Cube. And if we could just want God like we want our sports team to win like you wanted your mate when you were trying to win her we could have that see if you want more of God's presence if you want more of his closeness if you want more of his power you want a double portion there is something required of you you may have to go alone it won't come as a partner to you you'll have to go alone there's not a whole lot more though not too much more not too much further. But you'll have to 
Stay a little bit closer. You'll have to just maybe go a little bit farther than all the rest. And you'll have to want it just a little bit more. We can't make you want. That's got to come within. But he's already showed us in John 14. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he said, and I will, not I might, I will manifest myself to him. He's saying there, I'll show you I'm real. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my presence where you can feel it. And, and when you read the Bible, maybe your heart will burn inside you as you're reading the Bible. I want that. And I know you do too. But you just got to do just a little bit more. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, I want to encourage you to come and let us take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. It's a very simple, very easy thing. Jesus did all the work. But he's not going to force himself on you. I've always said something at Bethel. I said, I wish God wouldn't have made it where they had to want to be saved. Because it'd be so much more fun if we could have confrontational soul winning where you go out there and throw them on the ground, put their knee in their back and twist their arm behind their back and say, say this prayer. It doesn't work that way. They got to want it. If you want more of God in your life, you can have it. It doesn't require a whole lot more, but it does require more than the rest. Our Father, we ask your blessings on the invitation this morning and I pray, Lord, that you'll bless and if someone's here that doesn't know you as their Savior, may today be the day they choose you and may they come to someone in this room that that can show them from the Bible how they can be saved and may they realize they're sinners and they're lost and that you paid the penalty for them. But Lord, may the others, may all of us here this morning, if we want to be closer May that want to be there. May that desire uh, well up inside of us to where we'll, we'll make that commitment and we'll make that desire come, become a reality by just doing a little bit more than what we're doing now. It's not a whole lot more, but it is more. There is more required, and may we be willing to do that. So would you bless in this service this morning, please, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's